Each summer, my favorite town square in Tuscany becomes home to medieval-style pageantry complete with flag-throwers sporting neighborhood colors, horses paraded into churches for a blessing, and fierce rivals exchanging taunts and bets. It all comes to a head twice each summer with a no-holds-barred horse race around the main square in Siena. That's on July 2nd and August 16th. Anna Piperato joins us now to tell us how her whole town is all excited because it's time for another palio in Siena. Anna, welcome. Thank you. Grazie. So how did you end up in Siena of all places? Well, I actually went once when I was in college, and I hated it because of all the hills, and I had had knee surgery. So oh, yeah. I said, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> then, many years later, I started doing uh, a master's, and I took a course called Saints and Society, and I fell in love with St. Catherine of Siena because she is a fantastic figure. And then I finished the PhD, and I had never done the research in Siena. I was in Rome. So I finally decided that I would write to the universities in Siena and say, hey, I know you're not looking for anyone, but you should hire me. And the University of California did. So for one summer, I was there, and I said, this is great. I'll see both of those horse race things. Uh-huh. And then I found myself in a contrada. So you got caught up in this, this contrada. Now, yes. first of all, why were you so enamored with St. Catherine? Well, she was such an extraordinary woman, a 14th century woman, who really basically made the Pope come back from Avignon to Rome. And I thought she was really gutsy. But then she also had a lot of visions, and out of these visions come wonderful art. So I just fell in love with the art dedicated to her. Now, can you just describe what is the palio? Where did it come from, and, and, and how does it work? Okay, well, the palio is, palio comes from palium, which is Latin for silk banner. That is the prize, but the prize is pride. Many, many Italian cities well, city-states, had these horse races, but Siena's is still going after more than, well, 800 years more or less, let's say. So it's a horse race, and the different districts of the city compete for this prize, this palium, this silk banner. Mm -hmm. And it's basically just a celebration of the city itself, and saints, of course, as well. And most importantly, in Siena's case, the Virgin Mary. She is the honoree of this race. Hmm. You'll find palio races in other cities, like Ferrara, Asti, uh, Torrita di Siena, some of them are ancient, 13th century. Some of them are new, 20th century. But Siena's is the only uninterrupted one. Where does it take place, and, and how do you gather to watch it and just sort of paint a picture of the, the wide shot of it all? Yes, well, Siena is still a walled city. It's a World Heritage Site. It's beautiful. But right in the very center, the geographical heart of the city, is the Piazza del Campo. So it's the main square, just known simply as the Campo. Mm -hmm. In this Campo you have the horse race. The, the Palio takes place there twice a year. It used to take place outside the city and finish at the Duomo, but you couldn't mm. really see the race. So right. Siena says, we've got this amazing piazza that can fit our entire population inside of it. About 55,000 people can be in the Piazza del Campo. Why don't we make the horse race go round there? So if you go to the Piazza del Campo, some of you have been, I'm sure, you look at the Palazzo Publico, and she smiles down on you. This or is he the big smiles. city hall. Yes, the big city hall with a wonderful uh, bell tower. And the start of the race is also the finish of the race. The horses and the jockeys go three times around at breakneck speed. It's really quite poetic that the beginning is the end, or the end is the beginning. The first curve is relatively easy, but the 
big curve of San Martino is where most of the falls take place. And until very recently, 20th century, they had mattresses, actual bed mattresses, to block the horses and protect the jockeys. Now they have the same grade that the NASCAR drivers have, you know, like the Formula Uno car drivers. Uh-huh. They have those special mattresses. We had the same thing in Siena. Okay, no more bed mattresses. No more bed mattresses. <laughs> it was good advertising for that one guy for a long but time. But it's usually, I mean, it's literally like a, just solid people in the whole middle of that Solid square. people in Every the middle. Every balcony is packed with yes. people. I mean, every yes. possible viewing point. Yes. Have you been there actually for this? I have been in the middle uh, many times, and I have been lucky enough to be in the stands as well. What's it like? It is indescribable. The first time I saw it, I didn't know very much about the Contrade. I didn't know about the significance. My hair on my arms stood up when that race started. It was incredible. I absolutely fell in love with everything around it. The spike in energy and yes. all the people there and all the history coming together and at the same the time. And all the hopes. You can feel the hope. So you're in the piazza. So this isn't a touristy thing. This is the locals no. pouring out for this. Yeah, it is touristy in a way, but when the tourists are in the piazza, I've had to tell people to shut up and sit down and stop taking pictures because this is not a joke. This is real. This is real. The, the sensation when 55,000 people are watching a man with an envelope walk up to the start of the race Inside of that envelope is the order in which the horses will line up, the different contrade. And all of a sudden, the envelope is opened and all the babies stop crying. (laughs) Everything is silent and you can hear a pin drop. And that's when your hairs stand on end. And they announce where the horses are going to stand. Exactly. Number one, number two, number three. Because the order is is very important because if you're the last one, you're probably not going to win. Yeah, because it's a tight little circle. So that must take five or six minutes for the whole race. Well, the whole race is about a minute and 15 seconds. A minute and 15 it seconds. It is over like that. Yes. And it's worth all of this all of this to do. Yes, because <laughs> you've got the trial races, you know, the nights bef- and the mornings before, you okay, have trial races, right. and they go slower. I understand there's, like, literally no rules. There's no holds barred. It, well, what, are the, what are the limits? If you're a, a jockey, what can you do to win? You can do anything to win. You can take as many bribes as you want. You can make your own bribes. You ride, we should say that this is a crazy race. Uh, they ride bareback and they are given a whip so they can whip not only their own horse, but each other. And they do do this. The only thing you're not really supposed to do is yank someone off a horse, which is what happened last year. And a jockey actually is standing trial for that because that was rather unorthodox. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Siena and the Palio. Our guest is Anna Piperado, and she's a, a professor of art history who's ended up in Siena, and she's caught up in the excitement of the Palio. It's more than just a, a quick race. There's events leading up to it. And yes. Give me, give me just an overview of the, the schedule relating to one of these Palio races. Well, it's obviously more excited if you're running, but even if you're not running, there are 17 contrade and 10 participants. 17 traditional neighborhoods or yes. historic neighborhoods, and each year 10 of them get to participate. Yes, And then, so the day of the Palio is the 2nd of July, so you obviously have a big dinner the night before, but there's a dinner the night before that, and 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 if you're running, maybe another one before that. Because I've been in Siena during this week, and (laughs) every night there's things going on. You feel like this is the the climax of the festival, but it's all just warm-up. Yes. 
And Anna, you were talking about the Contrade. Now, yes. you've adopted Siena as your home. And mm-hmm. I, uh, as an American, I, I never think of neighborhoods as that big a deal. But in Siena, the, the neighborhood, the Contrade, really is who you are. Yes. So there are 17 Contrade, or districts. All of them have their own constitution and their own elected seat. So there's a president for everyone, a vice president. Everyone has their own parish priest, their own private priest. You are born into the Contrada, or in my case, adopted into it. So the Contrada is with you your entire life. It's more than just, you know, supporting the Seahawks or the Red Sox in You're my like case. You're baptized into this. You this are is, baptized. This it's is a, your family. It is your family, and they are there for you through good and bad. Does that provide some practical value to the community? It really does. And when you go to Siena, you'll feel very safe because the Contrade look out for each so other. They would have standards in their own district exactly. where you're not going to be lawless and things are going to be orderly. Teenagers get upset when they see graffiti on the walls. Isn't that interesting? Now, what is the uh, mascot of your Contrada? <laughs> we, I am a Lupayola. I am a she-wolf. You're the she-wolf. So your Contrada, and, and do you have a particular Contrada that you are uh, rivals with? Oh, yes. Who's that? The porcupine, Listriche. Oh. <laughs> They're very nice people, but on July 2nd and August 16th, we hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, how do you show your loyalty to the, the, the she-wolf district? Well, during the palio, you wear your fazzoletto, which is a neck scarf. It's your own personal flag to represent your Contrada. And your Contrada is the most beautiful thing ever. You wear the colors. Our colors are black and white and orange. And the colors of your rival are ugly and stupid. <laughs> what is the dominant Contrada? Is there one district that wins all the time? Ironically, as I studied St. Catherine, her Contrada wins the most. Is that and right? And she cared the least about these sorts of celebrations. Isn't that thought-provoking? Yes. So St. Catherine, mm-hmm. beautiful St. Catherine's Contrada is the is th- fastest horse racing, yes. the winner. And... How do you celebrate if you win the race? You celebrate by crying and jumping for joy and drinking for three months straight, basically. Three months straight. (laughs) More or less, yes. Well, I hope that this time around your Contrada wins. And uh, how long has it been since the She-Wolf has won? The She-Wolf hasn't won since 1989, so we're the... That's a long time. Yes, we are the Contrada that's gone the longest without winning. Is there a nickname for the Contrada that never wins? La Nonna, the Grandmother. Oh, you're the grandmother. Yes, we are the closest to death. Whoever wins has been reborn. So the idea of the Mossa, the start of the race, is also the beginning. The Contrada that hasn't won in the longest amount of time is the grandmother closest to death, while as the Contrada that has won most recently is reborn. And all of its members are also reborn. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Anna Peperato about the Palio in Siena. Anna, I'm going to be in Siena this year for the Palio. I'm wondering, just in the general chaos and commotion and vibrancy of the whole event, even apart from the race itself, what's one tip you would give me to have the best time while I'm in Siena during the Palio? Well, definitely do your research, know your colors, and make sure you're not wearing the wrong colors in the wrong part of the piazza during the Palio itself. And please remember that the Palio is for the Sienese. Please participate, enjoy, but get out of the way. (laughs) Of those celebrating scenes. So respect the locals who really yes. are going to the mat for this. Exactly. And I'm going to be rooting for the she-wolf, and I'm going to be wearing black and white. Excellent. Thank you so much. We can use all the help we can get. Anna, <laughs> Anna Pepperotto, I hope you guys win. Oh, Thank please you. bring us luck. Please, please. Grazie. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Travel as a political act adds meaning to the journey. 
And Rick Steves' best-selling country, city, and pocket guidebooks cover every corner of Europe. To learn more, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.